So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Dragon glass kills white walkers. It's more valuable to us now than gold. We need to find it. We need to mine it. We need to make weapons from it. Dragon glass? Sean is going to have his Game of Thrones 30-second review coming up in about uh, 40 minutes or so as Season 7 kicked off last night. Just quickly, thumbs up, thumbs down, premiere of Season 7 here. Uh, th- thumbs up their okay. season premiere. Oh, I'm sorry. Just that's th- it. That's, that's it. all I wanted. Thumbs, thumbs up, up at the time. Thumbs up. It's possible. Dude. Don't make me hit the gong. <laughs> awesome. So we got a gazillion texts. I, uh, I stated that uh, Tuesday, last Tuesday, was a big turning point for me in this whole Trump-Russia thing. I now would not be shocked by anything that came out and won't believe any denial they make because mm-hmm. Donald Trump Jr. absolutely, 100% clearly lied repeatedly last week until he got caught over and over and had to tell the truth. So you'd rather have Hillary. okay? And, uh, but we got a whole bunch of texts about that on both sides of it. From the finally you're on our side, I don't think I'm on your side, whatever that side is. <laughs> or uh, I can't believe you're buying this narrative. The, what? The, they're his emails. He released them himself. But anyway, stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. There's no lonelier island, Jack, than the one we live on where we just call him as we see him. It's a lonely, lonely island. David Drucker joins us, senior political reporter for the Washington Examiner. Hello, David. How are you, sir? I'm great, guys. How are you? Oh, we're terrific. We're terrific. These are ugly times, unfortunately. We're, we were on vacation last week. Was was DC in a lather on Tuesday? That'll that'll teach you. <laughs> you. You go away for a week, and Western civilization is on its way down. I, I don't want to eat up our, all our time on this, but did did you do you feel like something substantially changed last week? Yeah, I do. And what changed is that we now have living proof that Trump. Uh, has admitted to on the record that they met with who they thought were people connected to the Russian government with an offer from the Russian government to provide them information to help them beat Hillary Clinton because the Russian government wanted Trump to beat Hillary Clinton. This is what they understood. This is what the emails say. And look, the president of the United States in a tweet this morning isn't even denying it anymore. He just says everybody does it. So... That, to me, is actually the most interesting thing is because the president doesn't like to ever play defense and they're always on offense and they're always, you know, a successful strategy they've had is to turn everything into business as usual and therefore it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, He's now saying 
that, yes, this happened, um, but, hey, that's how politics works in America, so there's nothing untoward about it. Um, I don't know that um, most I don't well I don't know how many Americans will agree with that outside of the loyal Trump base that will agree usually with anything that Trump believes or says. But um, I think it's taken I think it's taken the facts of this situation to a different level, even if it turns out that it has a minimal impact on our politics and on who's running Washington. Okay, interesting. David Drucker, senior political reporter for the Washington Examiner on the line. David, I know you have a a major piece uh, out this morning in the Examiner with uh, Joseph Lawler about the effort toward tax reform. If we might pause for just a moment in the sniping that uh, is is so uh, rampant in the way and talk about policy. Yeah. Uh, How's the, the, the attempt for tax reform coming along? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, I think that the group of six, as we call them, you know, we didn't, in Washington, we didn't name for everybody mm-hmm. all these groups and gangs. So uh, maybe gang is out. So we're calling this, these guys the big six. McConnell, Ryan, Mnuchin, Cohn, um, Hatch, and Brady. And they've been meeting every week or so to try and hash out a framework for tax reform that would still be filled in by the main tax writing committee so it wouldn't be a closed off process but that it would be agreed upon enough that it wouldn't get off the rails and they think they're getting somewhere but i think a lot of it still hinges on whether they can get health uh, reform done both there are both tax implications in the health care bill and just whether or not they can govern because tax reform is going to be a very big heavy lift Uh, the idea you know some not all but some people think tax reform is easier they should have done it first it's not easier. It's all six and one half dozen of the other. If they can't do health care reform, I think it puts tax reform in doubt. Um, right now, the main sticking point is whether or not this thing is permanent, meaning we have tax cuts and a change in tax rates and a bunch of rules that don't sunset, or whether, you know, for, for debt purposes, it sunsets after a period of 10 years or possibly 20 years. So I take it from that description, the idea of tearing the whole thing down and Soon you'll be able to do your income taxes on something the size of a postcard, et cetera. Is that idea just dead? Well, I don't want to say it's dead. Um, I think the border adjustment tax proposal that uh, Paul Ryan and Kevin Brady championed so heavily is probably dead. And that, that, that pokes a hole in the idea of doing it permanently because it generated a whole bunch of revenue that would support the lowering of the tax cuts on a, the lowering of the tax rates on a permanent basis. Um, the only thing I'd say about simplifying the code and you know putting it on a postcard, you know, um, is is that too many of these tax breaks are coveted by people, and it's unclear that you'd be able to do it in a way that people would have confidence that it's okay if you take away my tax break because overall my tax burden will be lower, so so I'll I'll come out better no matter what. One of those is you know if you live in a blue state where you pay high income taxes or any income taxes. Uh, you get to deduct those on, from your federal taxes. And the White House wants to do away with the state and local tax deduction. Well, there are a lot of Republicans from California that probably don't want to go home to their voters and explain why they've just lost you know, a tax deduction. Obviously, nobody's going to touch the mortgage deduction or the charity deduction. There are a whole bunch of tax breaks or carve-outs, whatever you want to call them, that industries have, and they're going to fight to keep because they're not convinced and don't want to take any chances that they're not going to be worse for the wear in a tax reform bill. Uh, so it's just it's a very difficult thing to do. They're trying to do it all uh, under the reconciliation rules, meaning they don't plan on Democrats playing ball. 
it's all partisan, and I don't care if it's partisan, but it makes it a politically, it makes it a much heavier lift because nobody has any cover, right? So if you're all in it together, then the public tends to have more confidence in it, and hey, if it doesn't go quite right, everybody shares the blame. Uh, but when it's one party, as the Democrats found out with Obamacare, one party takes the fall. And I just think all of that makes it t- tougher to do. It doesn't mean they won't end up just going with tax cuts. And I do think there are Republican votes for tax cuts, even if they have to sunset in a period of years. Um, and, and so that, that, to me, would be a sort of plan B. As a guy who would like smaller government, simplified tax code, uh, health care become free market, all that sort of stuff. I just got to give up on all those notions, right? It just is no, yep. none of that stuff's going to happen. The Republicans don't believe in much of that anymore. Right, I mean, exactly, exactly. Do. And what I don't I, understand I, why more people haven't come to that realization. The Republican Party well, doesn't want that stuff. Yeah, but Republican voters don't want that stuff. Correct. I, am, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Who are you yelling at? <laughs> Me and Rand Paul are the only <laughs> people. I mean, what I would say to be, you know, I was a little glib there. I think conceptually there are there is a majority of Republicans who believe in all that stuff, right? Like if you talk to them and have a discussion about philosophy, less a less intrusive government, you know, reduce government spending, reduce government's intrusion into your life and bring market principles, all that stuff. They still believe in it conceptually, but when it gets down to it, number one, they don't have a president right now that is pushing for that beyond – what has been a very aggressive deregulation effort, and uh, the president should get credit for that. I mean, he's taken a lot of Obama, Obama's uh, regulation, the, the big Obama regulatory state that built up over two terms, and he's been tearing it down, and that's not nothing. No, no, I know that's true. I got got a uh, contractor I talked to a couple of weeks ago who said the safety regulations that were about to go into effect were just going to be ruinous. To him and a lot of people right. in his business, and, and, and Trump did away with them. Now the headlines in newspapers were safety advocates fear for workers now that blah, 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 a bunch of crap like that. But no, right. it was fantastic. Right. right, but in terms of the entitlement programs that Republicans have been railing against for years, you know, we have to reform Medicare. Well, Trump doesn't believe in that. We have to reform Medicaid. Trump doesn't believe in that. You've seen Republicans struggling to pass a bill that would only partial repeal Obamacare because they no longer are unanimous in their belief that Medicaid is out of control and needs to be reined in and reformed. They're all about, a lot of them are all about protecting the expansion under Obamacare. And a lot of them don't want to infuse the healthcare system with market-driven principles because they're worried that, you know, they have voters that might purchase these plans fully knowing what they're doing. And then, you know, on, on the unfortunate event that they get sick, instead of being mad at themselves for not purchasing more insurance, they'll blame the government. We're allowing them to purchase not enough insurance. And, and look, there are a lot of people that are well-meaning that just think this doesn't work well. You have people that purchase catastrophic insurance, and then all of a sudden you have people getting sick because they've been relying on these cheap plans. And then when they need insurance, they, they can't afford it or don't have it. In other words, enough of it. So, but, but, yeah, I mean, your overall point that right now the Republican Party is not the party of smaller government is true. And it starts at the top, and it's trickled down. I, you know, I think, you know, if you left it to Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell – a lot of conservatives don't believe this, but I think if you left it to them, you'd have that. Um, but it's not just up to them. And when you have the presidency, that tends to define the party more. David Drucker, senior political reporter for the Washington Examiner. David, good to talk to you. Let's stay in touch as the uh, tax reform train rolls down the tracks. Anytime, guys. Thank All right. You. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you know, it's just we passed a point 
where, you know, just the majority, not only of voters, but even of, of Republican legislators, they look at the polls. I mean, the real polls, the polls that matter. Government is a combination of Santa Claus and mommy. It's there to solve all of our problems and give us stuff. And that's just that's the zeitgeist. The nope. idea that it's there to protect our liberty and uh, other than that, stay the hell out of our way. That's just that's a dying notion. Or be sustainable. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. The idea that you got to pay as you go. I mean, you can't even get that conversation going. Never mind. Find agreement on it. So we got this text. I swear to God, if Jack doesn't pay off the wedding story, I'm going to start drowning kittens until he does. Whoa! Is that what you want? Dead kittens, you monster. I will pay off the wedding story. I promise. You better. I promise. That, I, then the rest of the text, I, I got to get some more of the text on the whole Eric Trump thing. I'm sorry I keep saying that. It's Donald Trump Jr. Poor Eric Trump. What did he ever do to you? As far as I know, hasn't done anything, although he may have. Unlikely that they'd be honest about that. He met with Putin himself. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. that can stop themselves from chicken dancing when they hear this song. You do little, little things with your hands. You do this with your wings. To me, it's up there with Beethoven's knife. You go like this with your bum. <clears throat> I actually bring an egg away. I get really into it. Wow. <laughs> but, see, you can't stop from clapping. It's yeah. fun. I think people have become too cynical. But they surveyed wedding DJs, and and this is the most banned songs. The groomer. <laughs> That's right, wedding DJs. And now it's uh, the bride and groomer with their first dancer. Father of the bride. <laughs> um, but this is the most banned song, according to wedding DJs. This is the one that most... Brides say, do not play this song at mm, our wedding or you nah. are fired. Play it when everybody's drunk. Yeah, who doesn't like this? Brides. Also, oh, this, is exactly. the, this is the, the not often heard third verse. <laughs> Keep f***ing that chicken. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. Um, as the person who's most recently married in this uh, group of people we're uh, in the room right now, um, I know for myself... Um, very few of the things that were apparently so important at the time of the wedding planning uh, seem to matter, you know, a decade later. <laughs> it just don't seem like that big a deal. Like mm. the steak or the chicken <laughs> doesn't really come up that often today. You know, the people that were there, the fact that you got married, that's all fairly important. Who right? sat at what table? Exactly. All that sort of stuff. Well, although that, you know, if you get that wrong, that could have some long uh, memorable consequences of oh, people boy. are rolling around on the floor fighting. Oh, boy. Or rolling around in a bed when they shouldn't be. Mm. But what songs uh, do or don't get played, I, I'm not sure. Long-lasting impact. <clears throat> but Chicken Dance is the number one band song by, I'm thinking it's mostly brides, as the number one job of any uh, soon-to-be groom. 
fiancé is to just go along with whatever the bride wants. Right. Exactly. Or act like you care also and say, I think you're right. If that'll end the conversation quickest. I think a darker color of yellow (laughs) is a good idea to go around the little flower vases on all the tables. What do you think about the marigolds or the daisies? (laughs) I agree. (laughs) But also in the top ten list of songs that are banned, Love Shack. Love Shack. Um, shout by the Isley Brothers. Shout a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. No, even softer now. Wow, what happens next? <laughs> and he got wow, so, wow, so they don't want people to, to, to hoot and holler and have a good I think, time? I apparently. think this is ridiculous. I wonder if that one was a fallout from, that was prominently featured in a music montage from the movie Wedding Crashers, The Shout. I wonder if there's some fallout oh, from that. I don't, do, is this, do people like, you know, fight or defecate or something no, during it's that? A, or? No, it's a, it's a good time, but I, it's just, uh, it seems this list is people not wanting to be cliche. Exactly. Mm. It, it seems to me there's a great need to not be trite for some reason. Mm, well, trite ain't right. And even though that's uh, a lot of this is what people want. That's how they became popular in the first place. All the people that are there and are drinking and your bridesmaids who now have their shoes off want to dance to shout. Right. That's what they want to do. They also want to do the electric slide, which is the number three, at least uh, the most banned song. You know, maybe it boils down to this. Or the Macarena. Uh, here's your old Uncle Joe talking to the young gals out there and the not-so-young gals. Look, you're the bride. It's a big day for you. We're, we're very fond of you. We're more than happy. Hell, we're honored to be there to celebrate your special day. But we're going to be honest. We've been a little bit bored ever since we got to the church earlier. And uh, we were bored during the ceremony, mostly. And uh, this uh, this whole uh, reception's been all right, and the food's decent, but we're a little bored by that, too. So throw us a little entertainment, would you please? Let us do shout. Let us do the chicken dance. Especially if you got youngsters at the uh, the reception, old time rock and roll, yeah. whatever's well, gonna make us up. Whatever is was... that on the list? I thought it would be. It's got to be on there somewhere. Lighten up, girls! You dress like a princess. Everybody's looking at you. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. That's right. <laughs> wow! Stop your crying. <laughs> That's right. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a uh, a, a nightclub uh, dance floor sort of, a, you know, adult entertainment, not adult entertainment like a strip club, but actually like just a bar grown nightclub ups. thing, grown ups all around. And I was actually on a dance floor when the electric slide just erupted organically. Top five moment of my of my lifetime. It was awesome. Just the the, the whole dance floor moving in unison. It was sure. like a, it was like a music video. Like and, everybody... and the fact that that's in the top five of your life is not at all sad. No, not at all. <laughs> Certainly not. A bunch of people did the electric slide at once. Spontaneously, there was no amazing like, instructions on the jumbotron. Just the right. song came on. All of a sudden, a small group did it. Then more people joined. It was oh, unity. Community. That's right. Community. Unity. Unity. We don't, we don't you have... can't say unity without saying we don't have Rotary Club anymore. Lions. Right. Club people don't do that anymore. Right. You have the electric slide. Can it everyone here do it? The electric I slide. I yeah. can. Yeah. You just gotta count to what is it? Four or five. You count your steps forward, backwards, side to side. You're done. And kind of do the. Yeah. Do you do yeah. that lean back move. It's oh, that simple. That's my favorite. <laughs> I can't like get down on my knees and slap the floor, do all the cool stuff that a lot of people do. <laughs> but uh, it'll take me a while. <laughs> Struggle up. Hey, how about a hand there, buddy? <laughs> Song's over, Joe. I can get down. I'm just not going to be able to get back up. And then that, that's its own problem. Uh, so we got uh, YMCA is on the top ten. Yeah, we got a text oh about that. Yeah, that I sympathize with. <laughs> Even after my lighten up speech. Conga bunny hops. Yeah, those are all fun. Dun, 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 da. Boom, 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 boom. 
No so, conga line, eh, ladies? Anyway. I'm just going to hit you with some text. Um, and, uh, boy, we got so many texts about the wedding songs. That really struck a nerve. Mm. I like that one you read off the air about the uh, Donald Jr. thing. Yeah, I'm going to hit that. If I can get the text line to work. Did you guys play any of those songs at your wedding? Do you remember? Uh, I don't actually remember. No, I, I, don't, I, do, I don't know. I do remember that um, the DJ played a lot of stuff we didn't want, and uh, I'm still somewhat unhappy about it, not because of the effect it had on the wedding, just because he was expensive and he was told specifically not to play this stuff, and he did it anyway. Wow. What because, was banned? What be, was on the band list? Well, I just didn't. Band songs, too hot for the wedding. <laughs> I just wanted more uh, traditional type of songs than, like, modern hip-hop. Mm. And he got it all modern hip-hop-y. Which, yeah. It's because he felt the pressure to get people on the floor. That's not your effing job. Your job is to play the music we paid you to play. Whether or not you get people on the floor doesn't matter, dude. Mm. Doesn't freaking matter. I only am mad because it was expensive. Uh, you know what? A wedding DJ is like twenty five hundred bucks. Whoa, that's boy. a lot of money. And you're still mad because it was what, like four or five weeks ago, right? Exactly. Or, or you know, eight years ago. Don't let it go. <laughs> Hang on to it. Nurture it. Uh, <laughs> Roll it around. <laughs> Nothing changed. Trump campaign lies. Hillary lied about Libya. Nothing to see here. Who cares? Where's my smartphone? Uh, shut up. Nothing uncovered so far is a crime. He didn't delete emails, wipe a server, or bleach bit, or destroy electronic equipment with a hammer. Once again, it's Hillary versus Trump. Trump won. Hillary's no longer anything. <laughs> right. It she, doesn't she's matter. a liar and a scumbag and a crook. Right. And America decided that and didn't want her for president. And Donald Jr. met with the Russian gal and lied about it. Knowing that, th- th- stated in the email... I'm here to represent the government who wants your dad to win, and we have some dirt on Hillary. And he says, awesome. Right. <laughs> so I don't get you. Hillary wiped her server. Yes, she did. The yes. Russian, the Russian, another text. The Russian thing is a distraction by the Dems and the media to avoid talking about Trump's gains in the stock market. I don't think so. Well, uh, you got the son of the president. We, he, he released an email saying, we are willing to meet with the government of an enemy of the United States to win an election. That is legitimate news. Now, if you don't care about that, that's fine. That's okay. And listen, uh, the Democrats in the mainstream media are are overjoyed to have this distraction. Oh, of course. I will tell and you I that. And they the... will not give the Trump administration any credit for anything. You're absolutely right about that. And that I hate, I hate that they have this hammer. But that's not why we're talking about it. It's because it's true and it's really interesting and it's important. And th- if they'd come clean about it immediately, said, yeah, in the early days of the campaign, we were offered some campaign dirt from uh, from some people uh, allied with the R- Russian government. Then we realized, well, wait a minute, there are enemies. We probably shouldn't do that. So we didn't meet with anybody else. I think, you know, some people would try to make hay, but there would be no steam at all. You could not get this going as a controversy. It would come and it would go. But you lie about it and lie about it and lie about it and let it build and build and build. Now it is something. Well, yeah. And then, yeah, when you get caught and then you lie, you, you have to change your story three times in three days because somebody inside is leaking the truth. Uh, that's a problem. Did you see Trey Gowdy, Trey Gowdy on Tuesday when this all came out? I mean, it was pretty good. He said, you better go back to the first time you read Dr. Shivago <laughs> up until the last time you had a, a drink of Russian vodka and remember every meeting you've ever had. And you better get him to us before the New York Times does. 
which I would agree. That's Trey Gowdy, folks. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, Who's leaking from the White House? I don't Who's know. Who's doing that? I, you know, I think Bannon. I think it's Bannon. <sighs> I think he he's doesn't out. like Jared, doesn't I, like Junior. Yep, I think he's out to get everybody removed except him. So he has the ear of the president. He plays hardball. Um, whatever, Jack. You're not even worth an angry insult, so I won't. No, withering. Take uh, this passive aggressive text instead. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Sean. And then this one, which I really li- like. So apparently, you guys took a week of vacation for a planning session to work on this. Now that the anti-Trump train has left the station, focus group feedback pretty transparent, guys. <laughs> What? Yeah, that's what that's what we oh, did. That's great, yeah. Met with a focus group yeah, to decide right. whether or not now was the time to believe the. No, the emails came out making it clear that they did meet with the wanted to meet with the Russian government. Zaftig, fifty-year-old housewife. What do you think? Well, Donald Trump is. I don't know if he's honest. Mm, and we're there behind the one-way window, looking and taking notes. Sure, yeah, we're doing focus groups. <laughs> You're hilarious. I hope there's not more, because I don't think it helps the country. <laughs> I'm going to do the electric slide. Um, I hope there's not more, because I don't think it does the country any good, but it sure wouldn't surprise me if there's more. Oh, boy. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, i got to tell you, President Trump's Twitter defense this morning about his son's meeting with Russians really adding fuel to the fire. And it turns out Americans are bad at eating healthy past Wednesday. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. That relates to my life right there. You ever once in your life do the electric slide? Not that I recall. That's not a denial. I may have met with a Russian attorney and done the electric slide at one point. I do not recall. <laughs> you are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I like this text. Fatal flaw in that one theory from the texter is there's no way either one of you would last more than five minutes observing a focus group. That's that's true. Yeah, no kidding. Why are we doing this? This is stupid. <laughs> Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean's Game of Thrones 30-second review coming up. And we should get into, and probably won't, the fact that Seattle Mayor Ed Murray is clearly, plainly, a serial boy rapist. Wow, that's he a big deal. seduced and had sex with lots of teenage boys, would seek out troubled boys, that's, have that's, sex with them. That's rough. That's but rough. it's okay, because he's progressive. So it's okay that he raped boys over and over again. Or it depends how you look at it. Or do you think it's okay for adult men to have sex with teenage boys? You but, mean teen 17 or teen 13? Well, it, they were all underage, and... Um, uh, 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 one foster dad is testifying that, yeah, Ed Murray had sex with his, his lad over and over again, trying to get him to stop, etc. And, of course, with the, the, the one pattern that recurs is that, well, that's why it's a pattern, Joe, um, is that uh, people say, well, that's obviously a troubled youth. We can't take his word that he's being oh, sexually abused yeah. over and over again. Yeah, that's, yeah. So hey, they- good scheme, Ed. I tell you what, Mayor. If you want to have sex with lots of boys, and you obviously did, uh, that was a good scheme you had going. Congratulations. Let's get the news now with Marsh Phillips. Well, President Trump's Twitter storm continuing this morning, defending his son's decision to take a meeting with a Russian attorney last year. 
This morning's message once again raising a lot of eyebrows. Vincent Nicholas, official President Trump tweet reader. Most politicians would have gone to a meeting like the one Don Jr. attended in order to get info on an opponent. Opponent. That's politics! From someone who's being re- uh, represented in the email as a an agent of the government. Of Russia. Right. Of Russia. I don't believe that. I don't believe most politicians would take that. Maybe not for ethical reasons. Maybe the you know it wouldn't be the ethics that would stop them. Maybe it would be the legality of it. They'd be afraid of uh, what would happen to them there. But I don't think I don't think most politicians would take that meeting. Or maybe just because it would look terrible. Or maybe because they'd consider it immoral. But no, I don't. I disagree. I mean, Oppo research can be savage and unholy. There's no doubt about that. But and and no, I don't think any of this would be very serious at all. Were it not for the covering it up for such a long time. Right. Sad story out of Arizona. Search continuing for a man reported missing after crushing floodwaters swept over he and members of his family. At least nine people killed when a six-foot wall of water containing ash and trees rushed through the popular Cold Springs swimming hole near the community of Payson. God, what a nightmare. Six-foot wall of water. All right, switching gears. Americans, it turns out, are bad at eating healthy past Wednesday. This is new data from Grubhub. This is data that they say proves it. The report from the food delivery site reveals the dishes people are ordering more of each day compared to the other days of the week. Now, Monday through Wednesday, most people were ordering various types of salad. But by Thursday, that all changes, and more and more fatty foods are favored. And by Friday, all thoughts of dieting go out of the window as people order up red pizza, cheese pizza, pizza, other types of pizza, other fattening foods. People apparently moving into the more casual eating mode as they get into the weekend. Monday, it turns out, healthiest day of the week with people ordering Cobb salad 52% more than other days of the week. The actual (laughs) nutritional in a Cobb salad is... You might as well get anything. Think of any food. Get that instead of a cop salad. <laughs> That's interesting. Ridiculous. You have a rough weekend on Monday. You're eating a salad. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Um, I had a great week eating-wise. Right. I mean, really disciplined. And then last night, my wife was going to throw away some cookie dough she didn't need. <laughs> she Chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh. She had a bunch of leftover from making the cookies and didn't want to make more cookies, I guess. I can't resist cookie dough. Oh, boy. Who can resist homemade, right there, chocolate chip cookie dough? I'm eating it. Exactly. And I did. And it was delicious. How much do you suppose? Half a pound? Size of your fist? (laughs) Yeah, about the size of my fist, almost exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's quite a bit. That's a wrap at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here, I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. That could easily be 1,500 calories, couldn't it? Gosh, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. Cookie, do, cookie dough place on the way home from my classes at school. They're responsible for at least five of the freshman 15. Oh, I didn't feel very good afterwards, I'll tell you that. Eat a giant, you eat a pound of cookie dough, you don't feel good afterwards. <laughs> uh, so Game of Thrones returned. It's the most talked about show in America. And Sean's going to do his 30-second Game of Thrones review coming up. We have the gong ready, right, in case it goes long? Oh, it'll be ready. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Ed Sheeran in a cameo appearance in Game of Thrones last night. He looks a little like a, a, a Muppet or a Dwarf. Or what do they have in those shows? Muppets and Dwarves. That's yeah. it. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's what I thought. Do we have theme music for this? Oh, is it, is it time already? It I'm, is time. I'm powering down our, our Porsche-powered uh, air conditioning unit. But uh, let us not waste any more. Season 7, Episode 1 of Game of Thrones, titled Dragonstone. Leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe, so says Arya Stark, as she serves a cold dish of revenge, that, revenge that's been brewing for several seasons. Jon Snow, now King of the North, is rallying the bannermen of the realm to unite against the army of White Walkers, now with zombie ice giants marching towards wow. them, led by the Night's King. Wow. The Hound joins forces with Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Myr of the Brotherhood Without Banners fame as they too march north. To bolster the defense of the wow, that what was the, the hell? that was the thirty second Game of Thrones right. review. And Ed Sheeran's also a bard now. I've never <laughs> seen Game of Thrones, but I must say, zombie ice giants has my attention. Yes, oh yes, they as they should. <laughs> zombie ice giants, and you got them fillers without any banners. That sounds exciting too. <laughs> Hobbits. The, the, that's what I was thinking. Are there hobbits in Game no, of Thrones? No, that's J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay. That's uh, similar in genre, but a very different story. Gotcha. No hobbits. No, but, but Ed Sheeran very much does look like he belongs yeah. of the realm. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Without having to Got change anything, really. Feet and everything, yeah. <laughs> were, were there any bare boobies in it last night? Uh, and you're so, you're, no, you are. No, there weren't, but there were dragons. Are the lowest common denominator. I am not. <laughs> I am not. Well, if anybody, if a mathematician needs the lowest common denominator, you're it. Every time I flip on Game of Thrones, immediately there are boobs in my face. Every time I watch it. Just one of the many great this, reasons some, to watch it. Is it a lactation help video? What is this? I've never seen GOT. Is it on the? It's on HBO or Showtime? It's on the HBO. Gotcha. I have HBO. I should check it out. Hmm. Yes, you should. Yes, you only have 61 <laughs> hours of TV show to catch up on. Hard to imagine why you have the well, HBO. These zombie I... ice giants have my attention. Yeah. So we'll look forward to next week's 32nd Game of Thrones review. So uh, how many stars would you give it, Shawnee? Uh, two and a half to three. Uh, okay. Probably two and a half. So okay. Out of, Just out of okay. Four. Yeah, okay. Yes, out of four. <laughs> yeah, out of 87. <laughs> uh, yeah, out of okay. four. Uh, no, it's just great to be back much. in I the just, world. Yeah, okay. uh, the, the show, this <laughs> episode itself I doesn't necessarily stack stars. up to, all to some of the better episodes. I that just big. wanted to know how many stars you'd give it. <laughs> I had to use the Sean gong. Sean, the Ed Sheeran. You know what? We got to squeeze this in, Sean. I'm sorry. Can can we talk about that for folks who get the award-winning 9 o'clock hour? <laughs> Go on. I just I want to clarify one thing about the Seattle mayor Ed Murray having sex with teenage boys thing. It was his own foster son. Oh. He was having sex with repeatedly, according wow. to the Child Protective Services people. And wait, there's more. That's rough. Now his attorney the other day says Oregon Child Protection Services because he lived in the Portland area at the time is supposed to err on the side of believing a child's accusation. The agency's not responsible for judging sex abuse cases, etc. In contrast, law enforcement is responsible for determining whether or not a crime may have happened. Here, there was no indictment, no charges filed, no conviction, and no crime. Except you go back to the records that they thought were destroyed 
but have been uh, discovered in which the Child Protective Services makes it infinitely clear we're convinced he's having sex with the boy and he must never be cleared to be a foster child again and the deputy district yeah foster parent again sorry and the deputy district attorney at the time <clears throat> wrote that they were withdrawing the criminal case against Murray because of the child's troubled personality not because she thought he was lying um, it was the Jeff, that's the uh, victim's emotional instability, uh, the fact that he's run away and made himself unavailable that forced my decision. We could not be sure of meeting the high burden of proof in a criminal case, a proof beyond a reasonable doubt and to a moral certainty. However, this in no way means that the district's attorney's office has decided Jeff's allegations are not true. So how much pressure is there currently on the mayor of Seattle to step down? Well, he's still denying, denying, denying. He says he'll step down at the end of his term. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing, whether it's uh, Harvey Milk, who's a hero in San Francisco, a hero among LGBT activists, um, or, or this Ed Murray, if they have a predilection for younger boys, that's just overlooked. That's just, yeah, it's, it's part of them, or we don't talk about it, or we pretend it's not so. It's interesting. I mean, any straight politician who is found to be getting with 16-year-old girls, be out on his ear by the end of the day, could not last the day. How about if he was sexing up his 16-year-old foster daughter? Forget it. He'd be hounded physically from office. But if it's a gay guy, it's okay. It's just interesting. I'll tell you that. Definitely is. We'll follow that story. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 